Are you hungry for Jesus Christ? Are you thirsty today? Because I don't want another religion in my life. I left religion, I left Islam. I hate it. I just want to be free. I just want to be free. And then something happens to that person, a touch or a breeze or in a form of a wind. I know it is Jesus. Maybe you are sitting here today and you are saying, I need that transformation because I don't want to be stuck in this place anymore. Now this is the biggest harvest time. This is the revival time for God to come and change everything. We are talking about Daniel, a man of God, servant of God, who served 70 to 75 years in different times of the king's reigns in the, in the country, in an emperor called Babylon. It was glorious, it was big, it was huge, and everybody on earth was talking about it. And this man called Daniel brought into king's service. Imagine, sometimes people say, I'm working in a secular world, and I use that term too. But for God's children, for the servants of the Most High, there's no such a thing as secular world service, secular world job. David, David work, and even for, a, for an armies of the enemy in his time once, but still declare the word of the Lord. And we see it everywhere. When you look at Abraham, in his life, he deal with pagan kings, but still he talked about his God. Moses appeared before Pharaoh, and still, without any fear, with unshakable faith, he challenged a pagan king. He challenged. And I see in the book of Daniel, this book, is a challenge and confrontation to the people of God who don't believe in miracles, who don't believe in supernatural power of God, and who only want to operate with the word of God in the natural. This book is a confrontation. This book is an offense and a challenge and a stretch to people of disbelief. People that don't have enough faith to believe that God can move the mountains. This book is a challenge. 12 chapter, 12 chapter book, this is not a huge book like Isaiah or Genesis or Je Jeremiah or Ezekiel. It is not like many chapters, 12 chapters. In entire Bible, over 700 events prophesied, entire Bible. I'm not talking about all the prophecies, I'm talking about events. And over 100 events of those 700 are in the book of Daniel. Amazing. And every word that Daniel spoke and prophesied until our day was fulfilled 100%. This is the most validated, most authenticated book of the Bible. It's incredible. In 12 chapters. And we don't see it, the majority of the prophecies in the first six chapters. We see Daniel is talking about his testimony, move of God in the first six. Then the rest of the six is talking about the future, what God has revealed to him. And you see in a short period of time, short period of scriptures, he's revealing 
the heart of God for the mankind. He's talking about the end times. He's talking about the Antichrist. He's talking about the kingdom of God in this chapter, second chapter. It's amazing. 70 to 75 years in king's service at the palace in the royal court. In exile, this man served his living God. It is just for me mind-blowing. We need to understand before we see this man is operating in his gift and in revelations and the prophecies, before we understand how he got there. Heart of a man, lifestyle of a man, humility of a man, and a worship and a prayer life of a man. This is a consecrated life. Never Never underestimate the power of an office of a prophet. But it comes with a lifestyle. So Daniel's second chapter, in the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. His mind was troubled and he could not sleep. So the king summoned the magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, and astrologers to tell him what he had dreamed. When they came, in and stood before the king, he said to them, I have had a dream that troubles me, and I want to know what it means. Then the astrologers answered the king, may the king live forever. Wow, they are prophesying or asking for eternal life almost. And they said, may the li king live forever. Tell your servants the dream and we will interpret it. The king replied to the astrologers, this is what I have firmly decided if you do not tell me what my dream was and interpret it, I will have you cut into pieces and your houses turn into piles of rubble. But if you tell me the dream and explain it, you will receive from me gifts and rewards and great honor. So tell me the dream and interpret it for me. Wow. <laughs> this is like almost impossible, even for the children of God. Imagine. Somebody is telling you, I had a dream last night, and you're like, okay, tell me the dream. And you're, the, he, that person is saying, no, I'm not going to tell you the dream. You're going to tell me the dream, and you are going to tell me the meaning of that dream. It didn't happen to me, but it happened to my friend. One day she called me with a frantic voice last year, and uh, we have another friend in common, and she told me that I had a dream two nights ago, and this lady that we know, and I ministered with that lady, I did deliverance ministry with that lady, she's a woman of God. And the other friend is saying, she called me after my dream when I woke up in the morning and she said, last night you had a dream, and she described the dream word by word, every single thing in the dream, and she said, here's the interpretation of the dream. And that woman was shaking on the phone, she's like, I don't know what to make of this, I never heard anything like this. And that interpretation and the meaning of the dream took that lady from another level in her faith because she was not completely, utterly operating in the gift and the supernatural power of God. And she, her church was opposing some of the teachings. When somebody called her and said that to her, that completely rocked her world. And she said, what do you think it is from? I say, it's from the Lord. Who can know the mind of God? And later on, that lady went to the doctor because it was about something that in her body that was, doctor exactly diagnosed her with the diagnosis that that woman who was not a doctor, but who was a woman of God told her. 
you saw this in your dream, this means this, and you are going to go to the doctor, they're gonna find out that, and I wanna tell you this is from the devil, and this is going to be resolved when you do this. And I wanna pray for your healing right now. It's, it was more than that, more in details, but this woman was in shock. And I was in shock too, because I never heard anything like that. And I want you to know, I am coming from the Muslim background today, Muslims receive Jesus Christ uh, through their dreams. So dreams are very, very important to us. We, it, does, it, won't, you know, it is not like you can't take it lightly. We care, as a Middle Easterns, we care for our dreams. Dreams are huge. And interpretations are big. In, Muslim, in the Muslim world, they have interpretation, dream interpretation books. They have dream interpretation witches. My great-grandfather was one of them, operated in witchcraft to interpret dreams for people. We had lines upon lines in front of our house for people to get healed through her readings, through Quran and witchcraft and interpret dreams. So it's very, very important. A lot of people write and they say, I received Jesus Christ revealed himself to me in a dream. And that happened to me when I was five years old. I had a dream about Jesus. So this, this is so important. I just want you to understand it because he's a king, that he's not only intellectual, he's, he's a very spiritual man. Because we understand that he has all these magicians and chants, enchanters, all these sorcerers and mediums around him makes him a spiritual man. How many of you know that? When people say, I'm a very spiritual person, it doesn't necessarily mean that they operate in the right spirit. There's Holy Spirit, which is called the spirit of truth, and then I don't know how many of familiar spirits, impure spirits, demons. So this is a very, very complex situation, more than a king seeing a dream. And who do you think that gave that dream to the king? The same God that hardened the heart of Pharaoh. Same God that moved amongst the hearts of the kings and kingdoms. Same God. This was an ordained, divinely ordained moment. And I am not sure that if the dream was really for the king, even though God gave the dream to the king, but king didn't do anything about the dream. I believe God wanted to use that dream to glorify his name through Daniel and bring favor upon him and a message to Daniel for the revelations and the visions in the future that he was going to bestow upon him. There is always a greater picture than the picture. Sometimes we look at it and we may not understand and explain it at first. This is why time, taking a time is so important. And when the puzzle is all put together, things are already revealed themselves and look crystal clear. Maybe at that time, when Daniel looked at this, he didn't see the things that I am going to share with you because those things are fulfilled. Then the king says, if you do not tell what I saw in my dream and interpret it, you are going to be dead. This man is so egocentric, so angry and scary. I really don't know how to describe it to you, but I would just say he's a form of ISIS or Antichrist. Everybody, kill everybody if they don't do anything. If, if they don't do what I want, kill. I don't want you. 
you are God. He's powerful. His word is law. So this word comes to Daniel. The interesting thing that the decree was issued to put the wise man to death and men were sent to look for Daniel and his friends to put them to death. So king's officials go to kill Daniel and his friends. You see, there's a time for everything. There will be a time that they're going to walk into the fiery furnace. There will be a time that they are go- he's going to walk into the lion's den. But this is not his time. This is not his time to be killed. There's a time in a place for a time to live, time to die. You know, sometimes people say, you want to go to so-and-so country in the Middle East? And I say, if God is sending me to go, if I am sending myself to go, I won't go. Because there's a time for everything. I am not afraid to lose my life for the kingdom of God, for the king of kings, but it has to be his timing. Jesus said, don't tell anybody my time has not come yet. Not because he was afraid of death. He freely gave his life. As a matter of fact, the death was easier for him. If somebody came and shot him and killed him, it was easier. He went through suffering and he had to bear all the sins and wickedness and wretchedness of the world upon himself. He had to drink from the cup and that cup had the filth of all of our sins in it. The rape, the murder, child abuse, molestations, adulteries, sexual immoralities, everything, everything, everything in it. But he said, my time has not come yet. Not that I am afraid to die. It has to be God's timing. And here, Daniel says, this is such a harsh harsh decree. decree. This is very harsh. Please take me to the king so I will ask some time. So Daniel goes to the king and he says, give me some time. Why? I need to pray for this. It tells you You see, we are focusing on the interpretation and how amazing and everything he says the meaning of the dream. No, he tells you about his lifestyle. You see, we want to be like Daniel. We want to go through the lion's den and come out that God can shut the mouth of the lions. And we want to go through the fiery furnace and come out without a smoke. But we don't want to live the life of Daniel. You know, sometimes people amaze me. They go, they line up to get impartation. Impart me what you have. They want the impartation, but they don't want the lifestyle of that man or woman that they had to go through that lifestyle to get that gift and anointing in their lives. It is so easy to go, oh, just touch me with your magic, magical stick and make me this. It is so easy. It is, so, it is the easiest thing. And I want to tell you that there's a process that sometimes we don't want to go through. Sometimes people come and say, deliver me. No, you need to seek the Lord for your own deliverance in this case. Because it's like a light switch we want. Don't you think I don't want to become like Christ today? I do. But it is a process and a pain and, and turmoil and trials and sweats and hard work to get there. And that is called seeking. That is called wrestling. it's a process. We want faith like Abraham, but Abraham didn't get to a place to sacrifice his son Isaac in obedience to God from the beginning. He was 
Obedient with small matters. When God whispered and said, get out of your father's house, get out of your comfort zone, leave everything that makes you you and get out and go to a place I am going to show you. I am going to show you, not, I'm not telling you now, I'm going to show you. So what? You are going to face unknown. At age 75, not 20, not 15, 75. Fate spelled risk. And then when you look at Joseph's life, he was another gifted dream interpreter. He interpreted dreams. It's so, so similar. But look at the lifestyle. Look at the righteousness of the man of God. So it, there are so much parallel between Daniel and Joseph. Because both of them appear before the king. So he urged his friends, Daniel urged his friends to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven. Again, so remarkable. And at that time, Daniel is, is about 20, 21 years old. Still a young man. And look at the maturity in his praise. Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He deposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. I thank and praise God, God of my ancestors. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we ask of you. You have made known to us the dream of the king. I heard someone said once, I wonder what God would do with a man or woman who can give all glory and praise to God. Because there's always something in us that we want to boast and we want to take glory. But this praise tells you, and it's recorded here, it's the word of God, that he was a young man and he took no credit to himself. He was not like that, putting his sleeves up like this. Let me take care of this. I know this is my department. Dream is my department. Let me take care of this. I know I have a gift in this area. No, he was not like that. He had to go before the king. But this king, first he went, was not the same king that he was going to go. He was the king of kings and lord of lords. He knew which authority he had to submit first to gain success and prosperity and favor with the lower authority. It didn't matter how important King Nebuchadnezzar was at that time. He was less important to Daniel than the king of kings and lord of lords. Again, is authority, is a title impressing you? Is it impressing you? If you go to a White House or this house or that house, Buckingham Palace, is it going to impress you? Then you don't enter into the place of kings and queens. If, if this is so impressive to you, if money impresses you, Titles impresses you, anything, career impresses you, you are not going to enter into king's service. 
because he has to be your priority. I remember a long time ago, somebody told me, I'm not going to give a name of the preacher, but he was one of the very, very famous preachers and powerful preachers in America. And this man had a very, very solid prayer life, very disciplined prayer life. I learned so much from his lifestyle. And every day he went hours and hours in his closet and like in anguish cried and wept for the sins of the world. So this is a heart of a man of God that you feel so grieved by the wickedness because you, your heart is so close to God when you pray. And he was very famous, he was very powerful. His wife was outside of the closet one day, she was doing the housework and phone rang and it was from the White House. Uh, the office of President of the United States was calling her, her husband. And the person said, well, the President of the United States of America is calling right now, he so and so he wants to talk to your husband. And the wife said, uh, I'm so sorry, he cannot come to the phone right now, he's in prayer. And the person from the White House said, according to the story, I think you didn't understand me, ma'am. I am calling from the White House and the President of the United States of America wants to speak with him right now. And the wife said, I perfectly understand you, but I think you didn't understand me. My husband is speaking to his king. That really touched my heart and it's a true story. But you need to understand, unless God impresses us more than anything else on the face of the earth, we cannot come to a place that God, is, God has in store for us. We cannot be impressed with people. We cannot be impressed with any title but God. It is so amazing. And so this is a man that he knows the first place to go. Then, after this revelation, what Daniel does, I love it. He goes and he says, take me to the king. There's a song like that, do you know? Take me to the king. It's a big word. Take me to the king. Hallelujah. Then they took him to the king, and king said, ask him, are you able to tell my dream and interpret it? Are you able to do that? Daniel's reply, look at this reply, please. No wise man, enchanter, magician, or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he has asked about. But there's a God in heaven, hallelujah, who reveals mysteries. He has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in days to come. Your dream and the vision that passed through your mind as you were lying in bed are these. It's amazing, the humility. The attitude, just like Joseph. When Pharaoh said, can you interpret this dream? He said, no, I can't. Only God. This is their opportunity to go to the next level, and they don't use that opportunity for themselves. You know why? Because God must be glorified. And it is the whole purpose for our lives that we glorify God. We created, if you don't know your calling today, I want to tell you your calling. We created for one thing, one major thing, worship God and God only. This is our calling. We are worshipers. We, we have to worship. We have to, and worship means prostrate. 
In Hebrew, worship means prostrate. But you can be standing in your heart if, if you are walking in obedience, can be in prostrate. You know what it means? You are yielding. You are yielding your will, your dreams, your wants, your feelings, your opinions, your arrogance, everything. You are yielding it. You are putting everything on the floor, prostrate. That is a form of worship. Worship is not what you see at the church. That's, not very, that's praise. It has very little to do with true worship. It's not worship that you see. Worship is your lifestyle, your attitude, how you handle things, how you react to things. This is your, your worship. How you are submissive, obedient to that little voice. How humble you are. How in humility operate in the gifts of God. That is your worship. And this guy is a worshiper. And this is, a, this is all of God's children's calling to be worshipers. What does worship do? It glorifies God. You do things without a purpose. I do things without a purpose. God does not do anything without a purpose. And God's purpose is ultimately he will be glorified. This is for his glory. He does everything. And you see here right now that he's going to be glorified. And Daniel tells the king, this is your dream king. This is the interpretation. You are the head of the goal. After your inferior kingdom will come, then another inferior. And you know what he says? Maybe you never noticed this. 44, in the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end, but it will itself endure forever. That is the rock he's talking about. He talks about the rock here. This man, how many hundreds years before Christ, he's talking about the establishment of the kingdom of God to Nebuchadnezzar. I believe it was for his own benefit. I don't think that King got everything altogether when he said it, but he was marveled that Daniel told him what he had seen in his dream. And look at the arrogant, aggressive, the most powerful individual at that time on the face of the earth. That King Nebuchadnezzar fell prostrate before Daniel and paid him honor and ordered that an offering and incense be presented to him. The king said to Daniel, surely your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and revealer of mysteries for you. We're able to reveal this mystery. Look at this. There's a greater purpose in the event. Surely Gospel is preached. Gospel is received. God was glorified. And the man who was in a humble servanthood position was promoted. Your gift, not only gift, your gift may not bring you to anywhere, but I want to tell you, when your gift is lined up with humility and worship and obedience can get you anywhere. Because that kind of lifestyle glorifies God. And God is only after people who can 100% glorify him instead of boasting in within themselves to say it is all about him. It's not about him.
Today's broadcast has been brought to you by Ishik Abla Ministries. Ishik is a former abused Muslim woman who was transformed by Jesus Christ. Now she is sharing the good news to Muslims and a revival message to America. To learn more about Ishik, please go to isikabla.com. Again, that's isikabla.com. Please contact us at info at ishikabla.com. Again, that's info at ishikabla.com. Join us for revival.